All right, welcome to another episode of Not Investment Advice. This is the Tom Osman special episode. We've got a special guest here today. Tom, what's happening, mate? Doing good, man. Good to be on. Been a long time listener. Obviously a huge fan of you, gent. So it's an honor. Wait, why do we keep bearing the lead here? Why is this a special episode? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Trung wants to get straight to All right, well, let's let Hello. people know. Why is this a special episode? Well, why don't we ask Tom? Tell us. Why? <laughs> All right, no, no, why I'll is give this the... special? Yeah, Tom, Tom, tell us Go what's on, been Bilal, going you on in your world. No, you do it, but All right, well, all right, what Serve it is, it we've Tom, you might have seen him on Vice News. You might have seen him on CNBC or something like that, or the anonymous person behind his epic trade of recent times. So Tom flipped an Ether rock, which we'll get into in a minute what that is. Um, from I think 1.7 ETH, which is about five Gs, and he's flipped it to 400 ETH, which was 1.3 million dollars in only 19 days. So that is that is the headline. And wait, listen to right until the wait, end, and we'll tell you how he did it. <laughs> let me. I'm about to, let me do a quick calculation. I'm trying to see what the annualized return on that is. Uh, yeah, my phone just broke. Tom already my knows off the top you. of his head. You don't need a calculator. No, I don't. Nasty, no idea. I think it's Wait, somewhere Tom, like you, a 235 Have you done the annualized X. return? Have you done the annualized return on your trade? I haven't, but that is filthy. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know those bot accounts well, that tell you the NFT flip, and this one just goes yeah. it's past the character limit. Like ten episodes ago, we we're talking about the greatest trade ever. Stanley Druckenmiller made a bill shorting the pound. Yeah, move over, move over, Stanley. Get out of the way, bro. This is the new trade of the century, man. Well, this is the trade of this century. Stanley can have the 20th century. Tom has the 21st century. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Two seconds. Oh. <laughs> Wait, now, now he's really going incognito. Oh he's a <laughs> pseudonymous so, web so or web good. free. <laughs> yeah, see, I had to disappear. Put an avatar up, guys. Come on. Um, all right, so, we, <laughs> so Tom... Let's just get straight to it, mate. Like, what the hell happened? Because this is a crazy story. I know people might know you from before this. You did some stuff at MakerPad. You were basically one of the first employees, if not the first. So people know you on the internet already, and you've helped a lot of people with a lot of stuff, and this just came all the way back to you. So, yeah, just tell us what the hell happened, man. And then, and then you helped yourself. <laughs> you recently helped yourself. It's about time. <laughs> all right let's go let's let tom opine okay so ether rock just to set the scene ether rock was um like an original 2017 nft project uh one of the first i think one of the sub 10 one of the first 10 projects to launch on ethereum and launched 2017 and over the last four or five years only like 36 out of a hundred of them were minted. And someone tweeted from an Etherock Twitter account the other day that, or 19 days ago or 25 days ago, whatever it is now, that somebody, well, this project was actually still minting five years later. And it was in a response to a Gary Vee tweet about that the OG projects from 2017 to 2019 would do much better than all the new like PFP profile picture projects are launching now, like 10 to the dozen, all the value kind of flood back to these projects. So this Etherrock random Twitter account replied to Gary Vee tweet and then Gary Vee retweeted it to say, yeah, it's still minting. So saw the tweet 
And I was like, surely not. Like, surely not. This project is not like still minting. So I jumped across, clicked the link, followed the link through, found the site. And then I'm just watching it. I'm like, okay, this looks ridiculous. It's just a picture of a rock. Like it's from clip art. They're all like different shades. Like, it's free on clip art. So then, and it's on a bonding curve, right? So there's 36 sold, but they start to sell. And each one, it gradually goes up in price. So it was like 1.3 and one like 1.4, 1.5. And then it got to like number 41. I'm like, this shit's going to sell out. This shit's going to sell out like right now. I'm like, fuck. So <laughs> I'm like, fuck, I'm going to do it. So loaded up the wallet, hit the buy at, at like 41 and then got beaten on gas. I was like, fuck, somebody else is buying it at the same time. I'm like, there's going to be loads of other people buying it. So bought, uh, wait for that one to go through, bought 42, sped up the gas, paid paid the five, paid the man, the 1.7 ETH, secured the rock, told Mr. Butcher about it, that I'd secured the <laughs> rock could be either the dumbest thing I've ever done in the world. And I've just flushed 1.7 ETH, literally down the drain. Or it's going to be the best investment. Wait, you I've need to talk about. You were able to say I secured the rock. Secured the rock. That's <laughs> the best. The rock. Where's the rock? Where's the rock? It's secured. I've secured the rock. It's like straight out of an action yeah. movie. Secured the rock, but you don't actually get the rock. This is an old school standard, so there's there's not any RC20s. You don't actually get anything. It's just your name against the record that you own, number forty two token. Okay, you don't so actually, I actually get anything. So this is. Uh, uh, Tom, I want to throw this out there because I'm such a noob. I'm actually, we've been getting some DMs from people being like, and even people trying to pump NFT projects through NIA. First of all, guys, it's called not investment advice. Just stop. <laughs> We're not pumping anything, right? No investment so, advice. That's number one. This is not, everything Tom just said is clearly not investment advice. Definitely Even not. though it's the great, even though it's the trade of the century, not investment <laughs> advice. Uh, but so Tom, uh, I actually have no idea what minting means. Like this is it. Like this is how. Okay. Okay. Like I have no idea what that means. All okay. I know is that Jack talks about it all the time, and then I just <laughs> nod my head and pretend like I'm really talking about. For <laughs> twenty episodes in, I couldn't swallow my pride to even ask him what minting means. Jack, you want to say that one? Yeah, sure. Uh, and now, uh, like I'm operating from a perspective of what I've experienced as a user, not how the technology works, but basically okay. minting, as I understand it, is like the transaction you do to move the, uh, move whatever this NFT asset is from the contract it's located in to your wallet. And that's okay. maybe not a technically perfect explanation, but if something is unminted, then it hasn't been hasn't claimed. Been created yet. Yeah, it hasn't been created, hasn't been claimed. So that act of minting would be like where the code is executed that would randomize all the physical okay. attributes of these avatars or whatever. And then say, okay, Tom's address is this. That token is moving to Tom's address. And this JPEG that represents that token is hosted here. Okay, so just that, yeah, that, Tom made that point clear, right? He didn't even receive anything. No, but you're the first time owner. So I'm not buying it off anybody. Like when you mint something, you're the first owner of that nft in a project so you're not buying it off um you if you you buy my rock i minted it you bought it off me okay so if you minted it for the first time you mean that means you've got it the cheapest you've got it the first you're the first owner okay. i guess the same as currency like, okay. right like if you know that's why they use you mint pounds or dollars or, or whatever else it's like it comes from this central 
Like this is and where being it is born. First matters, right? I don't know if you guys remember, but Ray J, who used to date Kim Kardashian, made a diss track about Kanye and said, "I was there first. Savage. So I just want to establish. I'm not going to say what there means, but being first means something in this world. Uh, Tom is just being correct. first matters. 100. percent Being first. Okay. Let's so, be honest. Uh, Ray J movie, was uh, not first either. No, he was not first. Yeah. <laughs> he was to be first. clear. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Moving on from Wait, that. Wait, we don't want to get demonetized. Okay, from the movie Talladega Nights, starring Will Ferrell, he goes, "If you're not first, you're last." Yeah, son. So this is so Tom Osmond. Okay, Tom, I'm gonna get into the nitty gritty of this. Okay. So you're a family man. Is this correct? Mm. We don't have to say how much of a family big man. Big family you are, man. Are you a family? Several man? children. Okay, you're a big family man. So you're doing, you, you, you have family responsibilities. <laughs> Presumably this includes putting food on the table Does. for your family. So <laughs> when you're about to drop 5K on a JPEG rock mm. and you know that somewhere down the line, you might have to have a conversation with your significant other. What was going through your mind when you made this purchase? Okay, so, so first, <laughs> this wasn't the first NFT that I've bought. So um, okay. my fiance Nat has been in the rabbit hole with me for the first okay. for the last like four months. So me and Jack oh, okay. were fortunate enough okay. to get apes at like 0.3. So we got in early. So we've already had the win. Um, <laughs> this is like, this was like ridiculous. This was from the pot of you could literally set fire to it and you could like be. It's like, house's okay. money. You're playing with the house's money. Let's establish that. You're yeah. playing with the house's money. Yes, yeah, this is the house's money. Okay. There was no consultation before the purchase because of the bonding curve and i would be priced out if if i'd left it for five minutes longer i'd have been priced out because then it had like two point something in my wallet at the time okay oh my god they're like oh my goodness i was like fuck like it's now another son bought it um and then saw the rest of it sell out in like 12 hours i was in the discord which just got set up and then that went mental. All the buyers started coming through that they got it. The last one sold at like 3 a.m. And I was still up. I was like sit, watching it sell out. Everyone's going nuts. The last one sold at like 9.8 ETH. And okay. then it started selling on secondary. And yeah, then, then it got real crazy. And just to establish some pricing stuff for our listeners here. Uh, I believe, I mean, you guys correct me. Two weeks ago, the, the floor pl- price was basically $100,000. And then today the floor price is a mil. Is this right? More. I think 750, I think is the floor now. Oh my goodness, bro. (laughs) So you actually, you touched on this in some of our DMs. You probably left money on the table, but again, being the first, you wanted to be the first to sell for a mil. Is this correct? Yeah, correct. So unbelievable i watched all the sales i had number 42 which is like a red i go it's a red so there's only three of them like a lot of them are silver there's a couple of blue so technically out of all the png uh, clip art rocks it's actually like a rare rock so there was i'm in this telegram group with a bunch of giga whales who are just like in a different league than me just like hundreds, tens of thousands of ETH knocking around like what how even how even do i get here unbelievable um so then i see them going up Yes, like to about 220, 240 sale. I'm like, okay, this is already, this thing's already breaking the internet. Everyone is, everything, everyone's going skits, like losing their mind, like hating the rock. Bitcoin maxis throwing <laughs> laser eyes down, like throwing shit. I just like, shut up. So, 
And then I'm like, okay, a million pound sale, which was like my goal. I had number 42. I set a 420 target when I bought it. I was like, if it's 420, the meme number, like 42 for 420, like done. So I had that target as a sell because that's like huge life change amount for me. I didn't want to, yeah, have a price to get out. Otherwise you'd never sell. Yeah. So, and then it comes to it. I put a message in the the telegram saying, look, I could be persuaded off my rock for a price. Someone reaches out and says that, yeah, I'll, I'll take it off your hands. We do it. And then it comes through 160th over the last top sale. And then the internet just fucking breaks. Unbelievable. <laughs> but yeah, Unbelievable. Left, he's going to sell it for a multiple of 400 ETH. He'll probably sell it for a few thousand. He owns the most expensive CryptoPunk purchase at like $40 million as well. So he's a giga whale of all proportions. Um, so left. Definitely millions of dollars on the table, but gained millions of dollars in attention for like the next right. thing we do. Like New York Post published yesterday, Coin Telegraph, Lad Bible, like Barstool, everyone's everyone's all over it. Taiwanese Don't forget news NIA all day, podcast. Tom, this, is, this is it. NIA, yeah, this is the big exclusive. <laughs> NIA exclusive. Wait, so Tom, uh, I just want what, uh, one thing I wanted to add to that. I want these other guys to start throwing some questions since I'm monopolizing right now, but. I, I know a very uh, successful gold miner uh, from Vancouver, and uh, he always said, you you get rich by selling too early, right? That was mm-hmm. his line. You get rich by selling too early. You can't just hold, man. You never know what's going to happen, bro. Yeah, I don't know what the saying is, but like taking money now rather than in, in the future is a good move, and especially like the trade-off with the attention. So for, since now, there's been bigger sales. Like there's a bigger sale the next day, like 420. one might have like privately sold for 800 yeah but it's like hasn't even been mentioned not like one article about it like no noise so got all the attention got a few hundred more members into my community um a few thousand followers on twitter got down in the history books for the first million dollar sale so yeah plan worked out do you have a wikipedia page yet if not i can start that right now i'll start the wikipedia page do it Guys, all right, hit them. What are we? What are we asking here? Because I got a million questions, and you you better get your questions before I start, because I'll never stop. Trung, you should do all of your transaction related questions, and then we can do some more like high level, high level? stuff. Okay, all right, okay. So we got to start talking about this Telegram group, right? So, I mean, if we're thinking about NFTs as this whole new asset class. I know Discords are getting a lot of uh, pub as places where these transactions happen. But are we selling short these Telegram groups? Like, can, can you talk me through how, I mean, you probably can't disclose how many people are, is in this Telegram group. I'm guessing, are we talking dozens of giga? And what is a giga will? How many ETH do you have to have to be a giga will? So you don't really know how much money these people have got, but like a 400 ETH purchase is like a loaf of bread, literally nothing. Like this is this is the, the thing which is crazy. Everyone's going nuts on Twitter about people like how can anyone spend this money on a rock? It's clearly money laundering, but they're like vastly underestimating the amount of money some people have. And this is a child's play to separate right. me from a rock at a million dollars. It's like or one million dollars. But yeah, like tens of thousands of ETH in a wallet or like hundreds of hundreds of millions of dollars. I think I think you touched on a really important point, which we've talked about before. Is like when Balaji is like, if, if Bitcoin hits three hundred thousand, half the world's billionaires are going to be Bitcoiners, right? Is like I don't think people are understanding how much money these people have. 
these giga whales, right? And, and I think you identified it as you were talking through when you were hunting down number 42. It's like you knew that this was going to be rare, right? So did Gary V get any of the ether rocks? Don't think he did. He came. He started wait, 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 this. Wait, wait, no, he he, so he started it. I was in the disco before him. I bought the I bought the rock before him, and then a few hours later, saw him pop up and he put a couple of messages like, "Tell me everything." Everyone gave him the lowdown, but don't think he actually pulled the pin, pulled the trigger. Oh my goodness, man! So I, the other question I had, I just trying to understand, recounting your story. It's just so insane to me how quickly this all comes this all came together right it was like if you hadn't seen that gary v tweet you you would have purchased you wouldn't have been involved in this could you talk through all the things that could you know have you guys ever seen the movie sliding doors yep yeah so it's a, the the premise of the movie sliding doors is basically gwyneth paltrow catches her husband or a significant other cheating but the movie plays it out there's two ways the basically for a train she catches the sliding door and gets inside the training time, catches him cheating. But they also run an alternative timeline when she doesn't catch the sliding door. So I want to know how many sliding door moments there were. Like if you hadn't seen that Gary V tweet or if you had only one ETH in your wallet, like what were all the small things that happened for this incredible trade to go through and how could it have fallen apart? Yeah, it's really interesting because of there's so much opportunity in this space, but it's so intense. You it's like a weird, like inverse, like mental model saying like, you shouldn't, one, you shouldn't be spending all of your day on Twitter and Discord and OpenSea, but two, right. you should be spending all your day on Discord, Twitter and OpenSea, because otherwise you're never going to get like opportunities right. like that. And then you've got to be able to like notice when like that opportunity is an opportunity rather than something which is just like a steaming pile of garbage. And again, you can only feel you can only feel like that that's going to be a game changer by being by feeling the market. You know, when you know something yeah. so well strong. Like let's say if you let's say if you're spending like hours in Reddit and you just know that there's like a story which is just gonna blow up on Twitter, you can just feel right. it in your bones. You if you're spending all day in Discord and you're seeing like the velocity of people talking about old school projects, and then you're seeing people talking about on Twitter and you see one pop up, you're just like, this is the one. This is the one oh I feel it like bang. The hundred and is then, so small, right? The the quantity is just ridiculously small. Yep. And so I can I follow up on that? Is like you said you had done four months of NFT trading before the rock. Yep. I'm assuming you took some L's over those four months. What were some wins and losses in those four months that informed exactly what you said that prepared you for the like what was a sh- awful loss you took? Versus one that was, was there one that had zero cap or was literally uh, started in March and you're like, oh, this is amazing. You're like, okay, well, these new ones are really dumb unless you have X <laughs> Yeah. So, so what, okay. What, so what did you learn? My two, you can only like diamond hand something, which is obviously holding on to an NFT until it's worth like what it should be worth rather than selling too early is if you take like a few L's on the way, yeah. like you paper hand the shit out of some stuff. <laughs> so like, I had like a trippy hat ape, which I bought for like eight ETH, like a steal, and I just like paper handed it for like 12.5. And like now it's worth like, I don't know, like a hundred ETH, like floor or something dumb. So, but like without selling that, and I sold like a gold, a gold board ape, your club dog, board ape kennel club dog for like stupid, stupidly cheap. But like without doing that, then I wouldn't have had the ETH to buy the rock. 
Um, so it's like, it's nuts how it works. And I sold some uh, punks comics that I minted, which are now worth like eight ETH, minted them for like 0.03 or something. And then I like, sold them too early. But then again, like if I hadn't have done that, wouldn't have had the ETH to buy the rock. So oh my God, dude. I love, I just love the path dependence on your road. Well, here's the thing that makes your story amazing too. It's like, you're not one of these giga whales, <laughs> nah. right? It's like, well, not yet. <laughs> but Same. what I'm saying is that like, you were just, like you said, all these things had to happen. So this, I'm keeping counting on what had to happen. Had to have, were you, wait, who put who on? Did you put Jack on NFTs or did Jack put you on NFTs? Or were you guys hey, just going both, together? Yeah, both at the same time, I reckon. Okay. No, Jack so, was, okay. no, Jack, so, sorry, Jack was creating first and minting NFTs and selling on foundation first. And I think we saw Bored Apes at the same time. We we're going to send the message to each other. At the same time, I just spent the night like picking and choosing and buying them. Oh my like, god, Jack dude. went fucking ham on them. And I was like, Well, <laughs> there's me, like a mere minnow, like a few months ago, like, well, here's sp- a, like coming here's up a- to try and get one. I was like, Yes, like, got one. No, this is what I love about this story because four months ago, Jack was between the TU, the big dog, right? He had sold the NFT on foundation for 40 ETH. So he's a giga wheel between the yeah. two of you. But now the tables have turned. The tables have turned. No, but here's what's funny. Is, no, uh, you haven't seen Jack's oh, ape collection. He's doing fine. Don't worry. I know. Hey, well, we, we should with that. I'm sure we're going to talk <laughs> about fine. that, right? Uh, so that, that's his. So I'm, now I'm keeping count for our listeners of what's had to have happened. So Tom caught on to the NFT stuff and early, caught on to NFT stuff early, got on the ground, got in very early on two huge ones, Bored Apes and CryptoPunks. I, I know CryptoPunks started a couple of years no, back. No, no, no CryptoPunks. It was Punks it was like, okay. yeah, it's, it's on a tear at the moment. So crypto, it went Bored Apes, Punks comic, paper handed them. Okay. Took a profit, but sold too early. And then without the those Ether profits, you couldn't have made this Ether Rock move. Hmm. But you also wouldn't have made the Ether Rock move if you hadn't seen Gary V's tweet. If you hadn't been 14 hours a day. Hours um, a day. Yeah. <laughs> and Discord. And then and then you also mentioned your partner is also very much into this stuff too. Okay, amazing. I mean that that that's right there. Aligned interest, right? So okay, now let's fast forward. All these sliding door moments happen. And somehow you're in this giga wheel telegram group. You don't have to tell us how you got in. You're in it. Okay. So the sale happens. And when uh, did it become clear that the price was ripping? So you got it at 1.7, but by later that night, the 3 a.m., it already gone up uh, three, four times. Yeah, right? so I, I live tweeted, actually. I don't know if you can dig out the tweets, but I can, we can dig them out for the show and link them. But I live tweeted every buy of every ether rock so i think most people who follow me on twitter would have seen the project selling out in real time and i think one person i know bought and now he is also sold for over a million dollars were they a giga whale just oh my goodness i think one of us first nft buys as well democratizing finance this is what tom osman is out here democratizing finance but also some people i thought would definitely buy yeah i said yeah just buy this well well there's one right here there's one right here about Jack. Yeah, he told yeah, me yeah. Like, yeah. he told me and i was, yeah. explain like, yourself i think they were like eight when i mm. when he told when or like when Steve i saw the thing in the discord and i was like pricey and i didn't have uh, the hot wallet was uh was 
was running low on funds to get the ledger out, do the, do the pin code. And they were mm. like ripping at that point. And I was like, might live to regret this, but Hey, we'll let it go. And, oh my uh, God. Yeah, man. Let's it would this would have been quite the podcast if we both uh, <laughs> if we both did it. <laughs> okay, we'll hold on. Quitting yeah, the podcast, yeah, it's, it's, like you said. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think we're going to be crying because I'm sure we're going to be talking about Jack's yeah. board a portfolio. Yeah, we don't have to worry about Jack. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's crowdfund a rock buy. Yeah, yeah, right. Party pack or yeah. what is it called? Party down. Yeah. Um, Party bit. Okay, so. Now, uh, when, and then you, okay, this is 21, I think about 22 days ago now at this point, your entire trade took 19 days, but how many days after were you like, okay, I'm going to flip this? So I knew within, so from the moment I bought it, the first few hours, I was like, what have I done? It felt sick. I was like, literally just set fire to five grand. I'm like, I fucked fuck, I, I fuck, like, what are they thinking? It's a fucking clip art image of a rock. You can get yeah, for free on the internet. What are they thinking? Then I was like, it started selling. I was like, nah, okay, I've, n- I've nailed it. I think, I think everyone who wants like a rare NFT, I think everyone who's got like disposable ETH, who's like a gigaware, wants everything, is going to want these things. I think they're going to rip. I think they're going to rip really hard. And then the secondary sales started happening after they all sold out. Someone messages me. Oh, this is a good one as well. Someone messages me um, an anon or a pseudo on Twitter saying, Hey mate, so you bought a rock. I just missed the minting. Do you think 15 ETH is still a good buy? And I said, fuck yeah, buy it. I, I, I think something like that. I'll send you, I can send you the screenshot of the tweet. Fuck yeah, buy it. And he goes, okay, fuck it. Bought it for 15 ETH, which is like the biggest thing at the time. And he's still got it. So he's holding on. He's probably about like a 600 oh, ETH sale. In at the moment. So yeah, I'll be taking a commission off that one. <laughs> <laughs> there's some there's something also like bizarre about this stuff because like you're making the market by talking about it right like the the incessant like back and forth on twitter and the like ridiculously constrained supply is like there's almost never ability to it because you have the like gary v endorsement and then you have like as soon as you see the couple of the right people buy it. It's like, oh, it's like done. foregone yeah. conclusion. It's f- Hold on. Let's, let's, you know what? I've never done this before. I don't know if you guys have, we're going to play a little, we're going to use a, a little mind thingy. Okay. Let's go back to Da Vinci's time. This would be the equivalent of everybody sitting in a room and Da Vinci's like, all right, I'm going to paint three motherfucking Mona Lisa's right now. Oh, and then, then you have the richest people in Europe. You have 30, of you know what you have every king or prince in Europe sitting in the room at the same time. He's like, all right, I'm gonna paint these motherfuckers, and you can buy them as I'm painting them. Would this be comparable? I think it's different because when it started, you just had uh like I'd say like normal people like me who maybe like made a little bit of cash from NFT could afford to like buy one early doors. Okay, right. And to start with, there's like really there's loads of these people. And then maybe like a few OGs who minted them four years ago. Um, who like I won't, I'm not gonna name anyone because I don't know if they're public or not, or some of them have, um, who have them and then have held on to them for four years, um, from like zero to 37 minting. And then and then people start showing up. Everyone who's buying on secondary is not buying it nor, nor at 1.7, they're buying it like 
50, 100, oh, 160, yeah. hundreds of thousands of pounds, like 300, like 260, whatever it is. So you're getting these, <laughs> these giga chads, these whales coming in, just like, what's up, boys? And we're like, oh my God, like, I know this person. Like, if it's Justin Sun, who bought it 600 grand, he just pops into the telegrams, like, hey, I'm just like, what is going on? And then suddenly you're just surrounded by this group of people. You're in this club, which costs, a million dollars to join on telegram like this group chat because if you as soon as you sell like you're out you have to leave it you get it's like booed from the chat you you're leave. out you're out yeah, you're out. out of that chat leave myself but you out. don't care you got the rock I'm you good. secured the I'm good you secured the rock and now you secured the bag get the bag 19 days in and out and now on to the next okay so now you are a giga chad let's just call a spade a spade no. tom osman is a no, you but, have no idea. These people are another league, another league altogether, mate. Okay, so, but you, you now though, you're sitting on four or five hundred ETH, right? How much have you? I mean, you don't have to say how much you're about. How much are you leaving in the hot wallet for future opportunities? There's absolutely nothing in the hot wallet, son. That is okay, for sure. You're, you are. No, no, no. I've been. I've bought a few bits. I've bought a yeah. few bits, and I will buy a bit. But I think it. I think ETH rips to six. 6k definitely might rip to 10k so it's probably a good time to hold a nice wedge of ETH. yeah yeah fair enough right and uh so a couple more questions is uh how did you okay now the sale happens right you, you get the 400 eth hits the wallet and uh i mean what are you are we going talking fist pound high fives or what is the first thing that happens here what what's the first? Or are you just like a quiet like Tiger Tiger Woods pump a fist pump? No, it was just um, chill. We were just in our um, me and the fiance were in our room and we were just like chatting through the trade and waiting for him to just like get the ETH ready and set up the deal and it's okay like transaction going through and then just like refresh the refresh the old balance and there it is and it's just like oh my what god! Time? What time? What time did this happen at? Pretty about half 10 like 11 at night the kids were asleep we just sat in the room just like what oh like, it's just happened God. like oh my i've never so seen I'm, obviously i'm imagining you that. you know in only fools on horses where rodney <laughs> and delboy finally get their million sorry trunk you might not know this reference but there's a uk show that we all watched at christmas and they finally make the million and they just are quiet but then they just shake and go absolutely mental i'm imagining you and the missus doing that hey can wake the kids up so uh, wait, how did you celebrate, Tom? It sounds like you were so chilled this whole time, like a you just a little philosopher. The or what, what, come on, something, something. No, we broke out the champagne um, the next day, but yeah, that time is just. I think it's it just shock because we'd, we'd obviously talked about it, and we we talked about. Um, I spoke to Jack as well. It's like, hey, what's, what's like, what's the play here? Like, is it is it like hold on for a bit? Obviously, it's going to be worth more in the future. And then it's okay, like with the attention play, think think like a big a big sell would do really well. And when we decided on that, it was just a bit like, okay, let's wait and see what's going to go on. And it just comes in, and you're just like, oh my god, just no idea what to do. It still has, still hasn't sunk in. Like nothing's really changed over the last few days. So took the kids to a science museum today, and yeah, that's it. And bought one of the exhibits. He's like, oh, you know what, man? I'm <laughs> bought like the museum. Point. Is that a <laughs> Is that James Watt's steam engine? Yeah, I think I'll have that. Are you are you guys selling that? No, it's, it's not for sale. It is. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> it is now. 
I'm going to the Telegram group. I'm buying that. Your your whole world is just completely warped, right? You're just like, I can buy anything. Um, unbelievable. So, uh, but also, obviously, in your mind, as you said, you wanted that seven figures um, to get the pub. So how did you, obviously, very internet media savvy, how did you start pumping the wheels on getting the, the media attention? So didn't do anything to actually reach out to media, more like turn down everything. But the people who had The Rock are absolute savages at memes. Like The Rocks, The Rocks as a meme, oh, Bro. they just, Bro. They, they make laser eyes look like the most embarrassing meme ever. Yeah. Like Bitcoin Maxis are like throwing up at the computer watching these rocks <laughs> take over the internet. Like, like Pepe, Pepe throwing a rocket on his head saying like, you're missing out. Like people were just going sick. People were saying everything about money laundering. But the the funny that dichotomy here is the more people that hated the rock, the more they pushed the price up. The people who wanted it was hilarious. And then every every sale that got bigger, we had a, like a price bot, which meant that every time somebody adjusted the price of their rock, as in like pushed the floor price up, we tweeted the price and everyone everyone would retweet it. So everyone would keep seeing it. And then we just pumped the memes out constantly. Um, and then like the media caught on with like the first like $300,000 sale, I think. And yeah, like by then it was game over. Every meme was going viral. The main Twitter account had thousands of followers. Um, yeah. then it was a bit inevitable from there. Uh, there are a couple of memes. I did not see very many about doing the rock Johnson. So I, I rectified nice. that and made one, but I also didn't see very many about the rock, the movie, uh, no, which is the legendary 1990s. Did, we, did you rock. see any? Were there any yeah, Sean there was Connor? a rock the movie. Because there's so many quotable lines. There was a rock the movie. Sean Connery's got a million quotable lines. Uh, anyways, man, I think uh, I think I think that might be it for for me. <laughs> I kind of hit it with the with the life changing questions. And uh, well, yeah, well here's well, here's the last one. Are you are you gonna buy anything crazy, or just gonna be like just sit on it, see what's good? There is one play which I might make, which I'm debating on but I'm just seeing on it a minute which would be like a big purchase um but yeah undecided fair enough the but the interesting thing um which kind of plays to like what you do every day worth like mentioning trunk is just like that the the, the value of memes on the internet obviously like jack can speak to this as well is like there's nothing there's nothing more valuable than a meme on the internet there's not there's no message that travels faster than a meme and like memes are almost like a currency of the internet. So when you like the ether rock is like the perfect combination of meme, scarce, like historical. It's almost yeah. like the perfect, the perfect NFT that yeah. markets themselves. <laughs> like it actually doesn't matter that the rock is a free clip art picture of a rock. Like it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just it was a perfect storm. Dude, you're immortal now. You're immortal in the NFT game. You're 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 one of the. I mean, you you set it up. You're the first to sell for millions, right? It's, it's legendary. It's legendary. Thanks, man. Worked out. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think uh, I think that's enough. Oh, the only thing I'll add is uh, not investment advice at Actually all. Not we don't want to get demonetized. Advice. Do not, unless you're in a Discord channel 15 hours a day, do not do this. That's it for me. No more questions. Tom, quick question, mate. You mentioned you think that ETH is going to keep going up, right? Well, you, you are betting on that and you're literally walking the walk with the money sitting in your wallet right now or a hard wallet or whatever you're using. Um, like curious how you think about that as like Ethereum versus Bitcoin and other stuff and the 
the way you're thinking about taking a chunk and reinvesting it into NFTs or other stuff you're you're kind of interested in? Yeah, so I think I probably like Jack can speak a bit to it as well. Just if you're in this space, like transacting with ETH all day every day, and you're watching like the volume going through OpenSea, and you're watching the conversations happen on Twitter and Discord, like it's a absolute monster. There's 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 no chance there are anywhere near a turn in like a bear market. Every every single thing is going nuts. Like NFT prices are obviously going wild. People are still finding out about the communities that are going on. There's only a hundred thousand like actively trading wallets on OpenSea, and OpenSea's volumes like doubling every single day, like probably every single week, definitely. Um, so it's so so early, and ETH is just on absolute tear. I know people who use ETH probably four hundred times more than like their bank account or their bank card. People buying NFTs and trading and sending out ETH to each other. Everything is based on ETH. Every every DAP is worth like using is based on ETH. It's, I think for me, I feel like a bet on ETH is a bet on the next version of the internet. So for me, as in how I use it, it's just a no brainer. Unreal. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I actually did have one question. How how much do you think your rock will be worth in ten years? A hundred mil. Like easy, easy, a hundred oh, mil. Oh. Yeah, yeah, easy. <laughs> <laughs> the guy has the most expensive like alien as well so it is, yeah he's tuned in oh my goodness man oh i'm so shook all right we're, we're, well, i think we have some other topics uh around all this below what did we have lined up yeah i mean I've, just to build on what you're saying mate um yeah, so that was the eve side i'm and i think if you've heard some of the episode we've done on eve you know we're probably in the same uh camp on this one um but but as it relates to kind of like Bitcoin, because, you know, like we're all using ETH and we're like, we can see everything being built on it, the dApps, like you said, as well. But then how, how do, you, do you still hold Bitcoin as well? Would you put like a percentage into that thinking that you're, oh, no, 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 go on. I'll just let you answer. Uh, zero Bitcoin. Oh, wow. This is a pump move. This is the opposite of pump. Pump is uh, all Bitcoin, no oh, ETH. Oh my goodness, bro. Wow. That's actually surprising. So I didn't know why, why? nothing. Why? Yeah, just can't do anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mo- someone clip this bro. right now. That was the best one liner we got yeah. here. <laughs> Wait, well, I mean, but that's weird though, because there is no second best. What? Why aren't you? Why are you not- all right so oh my god okay so tom hold on let, let's pull this let's pull the threads here man so you hold no bitcoin top line because you can't do anything with it not, do not you, just that okay. i just don't um yeah it's obviously an incredible investment and it's going to be doing like amazingly well and obviously everyone's holding on their balance sheet but as someone who's like grown up like with the internet the like the the Ethereum layer on top of all of these, of, of everything that's going to be happening in Web3 from either um, like tokenized communities or just interacting with a DAP or like a DEX or whatever it is. Yeah, just the people who who I'm around all day, every day, who are doing exactly the same. They use ETH all day, every day and use Bitcoin maybe once, twice a year. So like for me, like I would... I'm all in on ETH. It's just that much of a no-brainer. And I would 
probably feeling like I'd be leaving value on the table if I had money in Bitcoin. Is, is it, um, we talked a little bit about this before Tom, but the idea of the difference between the, the like building community on Ethereum, I mean, you made a good point about like video, uh, sorry, computer game culture, like World of Warcraft and the people that spent, I don't know if this is like a generational difference or there's a time difference in like people that adopted Bitcoin versus Ethereum. I don't have enough like anthropological understanding to figure that out. But the idea of this is like the native currency of these like this organized gamer, memer culture, like the, the flippening of meme ability going. And I don't know if that's just me because I follow all the NFT and Ethereum space, but it feels like they've, they were like winning the narrative war right now mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. And um, going back to memes, Bitcoin like, isn't going to win, isn't winning the meme game against the Ethereum memers. And if you're looking at all the big DAOs that are coming up and they're buying with these big NFTs and they've got like thousands of ETH in their wallet, they're not, they haven't got thousands of Bitcoin in DAOs buying NFTs, you've got thousands of ETH. Um, and they're interacting with their like with their treasuries, with their safe, they're diversifying in ETH, they're buying and selling using ETH, they're denominating, denominating everything in ETH, not in Bitcoin. So yeah, this, I think it is like a generational thing. Um, and as like a former like World of Warcraft player, it feels like guilds have moved from like World of Warcraft and RuneScape and all those things into DAOs. And they're, that's why they're so well organized, just because they, they've done it for years playing games. So yeah. like for me, it's just like, oh, okay, like I recognize this space. Like we've, we've traded in the auction house of World of Warcraft. <laughs> like we're built for this shit. Like, come on, let's trade, let's do some trades. Yeah, you know what's you know what's interesting as well. Like this could go back to the live in Miami episode. We talked about like the difference in real world culture between the Bitcoin crowd and the Ethereum crowd, and even the attitude towards buying things is different. Like Bitcoin, the narrative is like, don't buy that can of beans. You know how much that would cost in Bitcoin in three years. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> versus. Like, oh yeah, get that frog JPEG. It's only 50 grand. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's like you could not have two more opposite worldviews at the, at the ends of each spectrum. And it's just like the irony of them both like emerging as this like solution to like sound money. Oh my God, dude. It's amazing, man. It's, 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 it always happens, right? The war between you, well, you have, these things always have to set up, right? Like the way these things are set up, see who, I mean, just go through history, right? Like I'm not comparing these necessarily to what's going to happen, but I'm a big history buff. You know, ETH, Bitcoin is setting up to be like communism, capitalism, right? It's setting up to be partisanism versus Catholicism. It's just like you're setting up these competing narratives and for control of the world. And it sounds, I don't even think it sounds crazy anymore to say that, right? It's like, are BTC and ETH going to be like, quote unquote, the religion or the equivalent for the next 100, 200 years. It's crazy, man. It's absolutely bonkers. Trung, we were saying, uh, I think we've said it on a previous episode, maybe Jack said it, but like a lot of crypto feels like religion with upside in some circles because the way that people yeah. like pitch it, they're like, no, you're on my team, but imagine you're going to gain from more people adopting your religion, which 
obviously a long time ago might have been the case. But now it's like you can just open up your phone and you see a number that represents value straight away. Um, yeah. And then the last thing I was going to say on that is it sounds like what you're saying, Tom, is that Bitcoin is for boomers. That's kind of what I was hearing. Is that what you're saying? Am I putting words in your mouth? <laughs> yeah, you can't get me. You can't get me on a quote for that. But <laughs> heard it here first. Um, you <laughs> your face says it all, man. But yeah, that's that's yeah, bro, crazy. Bro. That is crazy that you don't have any Bitcoin. I, I I didn't expect that, but respect. I respect it a lot. Uh, and and on my side, I have like three, four times more ETH than I do Bitcoin, but I do have a little bit above just in case. Um, but respect. Mm -hmm. You're you're still a believer. So Tom, you didn't mention, and the word gets thrown around a lot, and it's popping up like crazy. The Discord, right? So. Discord, I think, just uh, officially announced it raised that $15 billion valuation. Microsoft tried to buy them at $12 billion three months ago. Uh, and now everybody's saying $15 billion is way too small. About if Slack is worth 30, Discord's worth at least 30, right? That's kind of what people are saying. Uh, can you walk, walk? I, I've, I've used Discord once. I was in an Eric Weinstein Discord once and I had no idea what was going on, so I left. But uh, so can you talk us through Discord? Because I think a lot of listeners are probably not super familiar or don't have it and don't use it. Can you talk us through Discord at the high level, its background with gaming, how it's being used in an NFT space? And then, and then let's line up the Discord versus Slack because I'm sure you and Jack will have thoughts on that. Yeah, okay. Um, I can take a stab and maybe Jack can... Chiming, so obviously visualized values on Discord as well, and my community social clubs on Discord. So, I think Discord, yeah, built for gamers. It's got like all of the features that you want if you're just like hanging out with your friends. So, obviously, like really fast-paced chat, loads of channels, permission channels. You can have like your voice chat. You can have your like just your audio rooms only. You can have like private channels. You can do your live streaming from there. You've got like all your integrations with Spotify. So you see what your mates are like listening to. Um, you can be in like hundreds of them on the left-hand side. So you can just like drop between each of them. And a lot of the time you've just got like, you've got Discord open and you're just like doing other stuff. And then it feels like a bit like MSN Messenger, like back in the day when you're just like hanging out and just hanging with your friends, even if you're not around each other's house. and then. When the crypto side comes into this, um, all all crypto projects you have like a Discord, pretty much. So it's just default that everything is on Discord. All of the bots, like the custom bots, just to name one, like Collabland, is a bot which basically you can connect your wallet and it will verify a certain item that's in your wallet. It could just it could be a token or it could be an NFT. And with those things, you can permission discords to only people who own a certain NFT or own a certain amount of tokens. This is where we're getting into the tokenized communities and all this good stuff. And it just isn't native with any other platforms and just works in Discord absolutely perfectly. How do you prove that you have a board ape, for example, and that you can walk into a board ape Discord? Because that that is genius, by the mm. way. Because it really does turn the ownership into a ticket, right, into exclusive group. So how does that happen? Yeah. So Collabland works on like a really basic level. You, you enter if you enter a board ape Discord where you've just bought your your ape and it's in your wallet. You basically type um, exclamation mark join into a channel, and then you get a DM, and then you click a link. It takes you through. You verify your wallet and then it looks in your wallet for a board ape on that contract address 
and says, yeah, okay, you've got one. And then it automatically assigns you a role, which then gives you the permissions to view and chat in certain channels. And then maybe it verifies you as like an ape owner, for instance. And then you can do like really interesting stuff. Like there's the discords for punks and there's like certain tags in my discord. If you're, if you own like a shiny magpie, you get a different tag and you get different permissions. So yeah, you can, you make it as simple or as, as complex as you want. And Slack cannot do this or it can and it just nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Nobody, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> it's so bizarre. The like functionality of the two things do not deviate that much. Like on paper, you would look at both and be like, oh, they're comparable products, but they have been built from such different philosophies or at least they've like forked their philosophies where discord i feel like is complementary to crypto for a bunch of reasons one it's like they're open for the most part it's like people put that stuff in their in their like twitter bio of a crypto project like join the discord versus slack which you know in the creator space has been this gated thing or like it's a corporate closed discord where employees talk to each other and that like association mentally with like oh slack is where i go to work and discord is where i go to like hang out with people I want to hang out with and like read about stuff that I actually think is fun and interesting is one big thing. And visualize value. We had, I think 3,500 people in our Slack and we had on the free plan because it would cost 40 grand a month to run a Slack paid with that. With the same functionality that you require. $8 a user. Oh my goodness. That's dude. Slack per month. Leaving money on the, they're getting, they're going to get smoked. Like These Bitcoin communities would be good on Slack. <laughs> yeah, that, like the idea that you, so people started complaining about Slack and Visualize Value. It's like, oh, all the messages are getting deleted because you only have a 10,000 message limit and that's public and private messages. And most of like 75% of the volume of messages are just people that have met in that community and they just go back and forth in DMs all day and they're just deleting everything in the public channels by going back and forth in dms so it was like oh, we're losing ip we're losing all the value of the community and that's how they think they're going to hook you is like pay us and you can get it back but it's like now nah, we're just going to move to Discord. You legit left right you had a slack for yeah like just that. just just bolted over and the other interesting thing about how discord monetizes is it's optional right tom where you boost servers. So you like you pay because you're a super fan. So you get different features like you can use custom emoji reactions, which is a really like really simple, but interesting hook. It's like these custom reactions to things. If you look in any of these NFT projects in particular, there's like a culture that builds around that because they build their own reactions. And like, you have to be in the know to like react a certain way one of the ones me and Tom always go back and forth on in the board ape discord, there's a sales bot channel. So it just automatically posts every ape that sells. And there's an Apple emoji that just says free in a blue square. And the reaction to like a underpriced ape sale is like free. And you see like a hundred people <laughs> react to that. And it's just like, it's just kind of hilarious to like see this culture, like playing out in real time. Whereas, you know, you go into Slack and even if you have, like a fun community that you're a part of in a Slack, you're also getting your notifications from your boss or your supervisor yeah. says, where the hell is their email newsletter, Tron? We need to send this thing out. 
You know what? Actually, yeah, you brought up a really good point about the monetization models because uh, uh, Discord is freemium, right? You can use it, and but you're paying for all these crazy extra features. It's like a video game. It's like it, it it comes from the background. It's just like you know, you go Fortnite free, but you pay for fucking dumbass skins, right? And then uh, I'm getting I'm gonna get hammered on the swear guard today. But uh, <laughs> we got that, and then Slack various has just gone total. Yo, Slack, he went so corporate, bro. And then Salesforce bought you. All right, so. Hold on, let's just put it line in the sand here. If you're, I mean, the valuation is going to, it's going to be much different, right? Because now Slack is within the distribution channel of a Salesforce. But just like Discord is going to be a $100 billion business in, in your mind. It's like a no-brainer. Easy. It's the, it's, if it's the native communication layer for Ether, uh, Web3, it's for game all, over, right? All, all crypto communities on Discord. All and game, gaming, all gaming communities. Gaming as well. There's like, there's millions of bots. Like in the, so this is another thing which is worth mentioning with Discord. Um, there's a huge bot network and they're really receptive for creating bots. So automation and bots play a huge part in Discord servers for either like verifying new users, posting updates, like monitoring uh, like prices of currencies or whatever, or bringing people in automatically or like posting event reminders, whatever it is. There's what games that you can plug in like games into discord just through bots like there's if you look on if you google discord bots you can actually find a site with hundreds of thousands of bots you can just plug into a discord server and add extra functionality like trying to add like a a bot into slack is just like the biggest <laughs> chew on ever like by the time you added it you might as well just switch to discord and move your whole community over and so, I think it's like you're limited as well. That's another, like you get four bots or something on Slack, four plugins, and then it's a million pounds. Yeah, make a decision to kill one or it's, yeah, 50 grand a month to add another one. Let's, uh, let's play devil's advocate. What's wrong with Discord? Nothing, man. does what it's supposed to do. It's free. There's no, oh, no, there's like, if you're complaining about Discord, it's like, go kick rocks, right? It's like, yeah. free. Yeah. pretty much, yeah. Okay, okay. It fixed a lot. Well, uh, sorry, the, the, can I just add the point? Um, They've so since the whole um, like sale thing comes through, they did like a big like reach out to users because obviously the user base was pumping about like what features were missing. And obviously Clubhouse came out with stages and everyone was copying the stages. So then Discord were like, well, we already have voice channels. It'll literally take us like three days to add like a stage feature. So they just like added it and like dropped it. And they're like Clubhouse, like, okay, great. <laughs> so it literally, it literally can do, it has one, Clubhouse. It has Clubhouse. So it's just, it's just a feature. I'll give one. Uh, we have a problem sometimes with the invites. I have no idea why, but I think that's like the volume and the speed that they're growing is so crazy that, and there was something with the Gary B Discord where they kicked a hundred thousand people out oh, of it overnight savage, yeah. or something. 98,000 so, people. Like oh. any like so- software that's growing at that speed, it's more like, teething stuff than like fundamental issues with it i think it's if there was a ability to invest in discord i'd be aping big style not investment advice yeah we were talking about it in our chat yeah so jack just to clarify you were essentially going to have to pay 40k a month for your slack right that was what the equivalent bill would be correct and now you're saying your discord is basically free i pay like 3.99 personally oh to get like reactions and then other people can do the same <laughs> thing yeah all right so it's pay, on the individual all right so i boosted mine I, yeah i pay i pay a hundred for mine for like better a like better audio and video quality of like streaming and stuff and then like more emoji slots and well tom stuff, actually yeah. can you tell us a bit about shiny objects i think yeah. uh let, let's let's pump the tires a bit here man what's going on with shiny objects 
So yeah, launched my community, Shiny Object Social Club, uh, about five months ago. Basically, in in the wake of moving on from MakePad to do my own thing, I just saw pretty much so much exciting stuff happening on the internet that I literally just couldn't pay attention to like just doing like a normal job or like work. And I just thought there's got to be other people like me who are just like, this is fucking interesting. Let's just like dive down the rabbit hole. Let's just like talk about it with mates. And then the next thing, like, bang, let's just talk about that. That's cool. So I was like, there's no place to really like hang out to just go full ADHD and just pump and talk about everything that's going on on the internet. Just because it's so exciting. And then I was going to do like an official sounding community name. And I think I messaged Jack first. I was like, Jack, I've got it. Shiny object social club. Cause there's a shiny object syndrome. Um, we've got like a magpie is our mascot mask magpies love shiny objects. And then, yeah, it turns out a lot of people share the same passion of just being on the <laughs> inside all day and talking shit about anything that's interesting. Um, and yeah, forming a bit of a like core team around it. We're building projects with people and people just like hanging out and trading NFTs and chatting about drops and we're doing stuff like group buys of NFTs now. And we've got like a shared treasury for, for that good stuff. We've got a shiny token about to launch, which is going to power the whole community. So you need to actually transact in the shiny token to be able to join. And then you can earn it through bounties and all that good stuff. So yeah, I'm just going good. I was on Discord. Tom, how'd you do the, the, the token? How'd you create the, the token for the community? How do you create the token? So we um, we work with Seed Club. Seed Club are a like tokenized community incubator. So we work with them in their, I think, their second cohort. So we work with them to actually mint and create the token with them. And now we have it in our like, shared like, treasury wallet, which we're going to be distributing out to early community members and also putting up for bounties. So everything that happens in Shiny Object Social Club is done and built by the community and everything will be community owned. So now I can personally fund it. I don't need outside like seed investment. Um, I don't have to give any of it away. It can just be all owned by the community and everything that's been built so far has been built by a community member, whether, whether it's been like a discord bot or like a website or an autoresponder or the weekly emails done by community members, um, community members mod the discord and review like member applications and, yeah, we're going to start building stuff. Um, and yeah, we've got some exciting stuff planned for season one, which is, which is coming soon. What, what, what is a, what does a super successful shiny object look like in three years? I don't know about three years, but I think, um, I think these could, I think web three communities, I put out a tweet earlier on, um, the web two communities would be worth millions and web three communities with the token layer, with the NFTs and with the DAOs. And I think these are going to be worth, like potentially billion dollar communities. I know we've seen FWB, Friends with Benefits, are kind of leading the charge with it. I think they grew 800% on their token value um, a couple of weeks ago, which took them up to like a $55 million valuation as a community. Um, they're absolutely crushing it. And there's absolutely no reason that's not a $1 billion, $1 billion community in a couple of years. Can you walk through how that works? So like, yeah, a social, shiny object social club, it's a bonus community on the internet. Uh, you get 100,000 people to join. Uh, to join, they got to buy your token. It pumps up the price of the token. 
uh, I mean, can you talk through where the money's moving, where the value is going? And like, just like explain to me what you mean by billion dollar community. Like I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. What is a multiple of that based on? Are we just talking peer market cap here? To be honest, we haven't kind of hit that spot quite yet. So I would, wouldn't be a good person to talk to on that. I wouldn't want to like butcher like a, a guest answer. So this is something we're, we're kind of exploring right now. It's like the next step. We've done the NFTs, which have funded the early stages. We have like NFTs for access. So if you hold an NFT in your wallet, you get lifetime access and you get other perks. Um, so the token is coming coming shortly, but I know that FWB is like a case study if you wanted to dive into that of how they, they use it. You basically have to hold 75 FWB to access the community if you've been accepted. Um, and that goes up every single season. Well, what is a season? So a season is um, basically a focus, like a period of time, whether it's like three months or six months, whatever you want to do, where the community has like a focus of what they're going to be trying to achieve. And then the community kind of like focuses down on that and everyone kind of breaks up into teams and they just get stuff done and they have, they call it a season. So it's almost like, okay, season one is like the starts on this date, finishes on this date. It's going to cost this amount to join. And we're going to be trying to accomplish this goals. It just basically gives the community like a direction. If you want to be involved, it gives it some goals rather than just like a, a continuous like day to day, slowly like entropy version of the community. Um, yeah, it's just an interesting like dynamic and structure. Well, actually, can we walk through a potential example? Total hypothetical. A season four of shiny objects. Totally hypothetical is this. We want to get uh, an ad in the Super Bowl. Like that's mm -hmm. the goal. So everybody that's part of that community or you attract people that want to be like, oh my God, this is such an amazing mission. I want to be a part of this. They'll pay, they'll pump up your token to be involved in this project. And then you guys get the ad somehow into the Super Bowl for your community. Everybody's laughing, everybody's winning. More people come, pumps up the token more. Is this like, is this something that could happen? Wait, potentially? The, the things don't really have any values to start with, but you, you can just say, okay, this is, this is required to join the community. Um, but yeah, you've seen like successful communities do it. FWB is a great example or Forefront are a good example where they'll just pay um, like Forefront like tokens in return for like writing an email newsletter or you can, you can complete bounties like building a website or like whatever it is. So yeah, once everyone starts using it, then, then yeah, things... Well, oh, the bounty part is super interesting. Can we tease that out a bit? I know Balaji is doing bounties with seven, uh, 1739, yep. his writing project or immediate project. So can you talk through uh, what a bounty is and how uh, it's incorporated in uh, these Web3 communities and how important they are, their, their function and all mm -hmm. that? Yes. So bounties are basically, if, you, if you're like a decentralized community, you can assign a bounty to like a task that you want doing rather than going out and finding like, a dev on Fiverr who would just butcher a fucking job for you. <laughs> you would just like say, okay, like we want a new landing page designed. We'll assign like 300 shiny towards, um, towards doing it. So the most bought in people of your community is saying, okay, like this, like I'll, I'll do that for, for 300 shiny or like some ETH or whatever it is in 1729's case, it would be like one ETH to do, to complete this task. And the best result gets, gets one ETH, second best gets half, whatever it is. So you just, you just put those out there and then just stuff gets built, uh, stuff gets done. 
and people are bought in, everyone ends up being an owner because everyone's everyone's already kind of owning a piece of the community. So it's a good it's a good model. We're obviously early stages, but that's the way we're going. I, I don't think I fully understand what's going on, but I totally see how the alignment, no, but like the economic alignment, the the layer of community on top is it, it, right. It just creates a monster, right? It'd be like these massive Facebook groups. Like I'll give you an example. There's a really f- a popular Facebook group called uh, Asian. Uh, it's something about, it's basically just Asian uh, memes and jokes, right? But I have no idea how they make money. I have no idea if they're actually making money. Uh, oh, it's called Subtle Asian Traits. Uh, it's like one of the biggest Facebook groups. Uh, but if they had done what you're setting up and everybody has an economic interest in that, it would be it'd be a monster, right? Mm. I don't know exactly how, but I'm sure somebody's writing about it and it's figuring itself. I told you, now that you've kind of explained all the parts, it's kind of clicking in my head about how big it is. Yeah, shout out to C-Club. Um, C Club is really the best place to check it out. Jess at C Club has done a great job of incubating these. So if you're interested in learning about tokenized communities, go and hang out with with FWB or Forefront and Seed Club. And yeah, there's some great info going on from those chaps. And and, and the, other, the my last question on this is basically you can these communities are totally agnostic, right? You can set these up to accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh my god, that's it, yeah, it's wild, man. This is wild. I, I I'm gonna have to chew on everything you just said there for a bit, man. <laughs> yeah, we're we're early doors, but yes, yeah, I think it's it's interesting. It's obviously the I'm hanging my hat on it, and we're we're doubling down on it. So we'll see. Jack, can you uh you always have a lens on these things? Can you talk through some of the stuff that Tom did and how you see Web three communities being massive? Yeah, I, I was gonna um when we first talked about it and Tom was telling me, actually Tom and I got connected. He was helping do some automation stuff for the visualized value ecosystem, like plugging stuff together and helping with billing stuff and very dry, but important infrastructure for this stuff. And we're both like, I'll be completely candid about it. We're like, man, this stuff is just getting tedious, you know, like that, the, the whole, like, um, I want, I want paint with too broad a brush, but like online education space or like this incessant, like learning for the sake of learning environment separately from what we're actually working on. And when he had the like idea to set up the shiny object social club, we we're talking about that. It was like this idea of distraction is now become come in this profitable thing and the all these crypto environments where like play to earn games or you can like make memes of monkeys and increase the value of a token you hold is that <laughs> that idea of inverting that model entirely right instead of reading all these tweets of like go and be a buddhist monk and like jump in a cold shower and you know your in your daily routine you need to have these 19 things done before you have your you know your two-hour meditation at 10 a.m., you can just dick about on the internet and make money doing it. Man, I think it all comes back to like this idea of this like ridiculous wealth transfer to the people Tom's talking about, these people that like play World of Warcraft for like thousands of hours a year that now have this economic clout to shape like certain parts of the economy on the internet and they're rewarding the things that they love which is you know dumb jokes 
games, things that like they're valuable to people. People, people are interested in spending their time on them. Therefore, you know, there's some value ascribed to that. And no longer is it just Fortnite or whoever else that captures that value, right? So I think this massive imbalance of the people that are buying and selling rocks, for example, they're kind of the, I'm probably using this incorrectly. That's like the trickle down economics of crypto, right? Like they're messing about with this stuff. Tom makes a million bucks and then he goes and makes a amazing crypto community that introduces this technology to a thousand people that build decentralized apps, other communities like make creative work. So it's just this interesting like ripple effect. We've talked about it on a bunch of the other um, podcasts before this. Another amazing thing about the social token idea is it takes all of these networks that people are joining to learn how to build something themselves. So all of these old like education networks, like, hey, here's how to start a business and build your own network versus, hey, just join our network and just like contribute positively to this thing that already has network effect. And you can make a bunch of money off doing that. And that's like, it feels like a small shift, but it's actually a massive, massively different thing. Like visual, I'd give a very tangible example. It's like, say you say this existed when visualized value began and there is a design school for visualized value. And all you have to do to get access to the design school is buy X number of tokens. And I get, you know, a, a certain percentage of that cause I built the material and then people can give bounties to the visualized value community to visualize stuff. And every time that sells, maybe the creator that made it gets 70%, the community gets 20%, I get 5%, 10%, whatever it is. So like you can build new economic incentives around these things that already have network effect instead of all these people waste, honestly wasting their time and energy trying to build something from scratch when it's really, really hard to break through. And there are all these power laws that have already, you can attach yourself to and then kind of multiply off the back of, right? It stops everybody having to start from scratch every time. Does that make sense? The last part of that? No, you did. You talked about that with the board eight Disney, right? It's like, if you're, if you're an artist and you were like, Oh, you have all these crazy ideas, but like you said, it, it, taking something, listen, you can draw something cool, but building a Pixar franchise is a totally different battle. Right. It's actually interesting. Cause there's actually a new startup, uh, uh, Alexis Ohanian and Serena Williams did one. They're trying to be the Pixar for the 21st century. Do you guys see that? No, I have to look it up. They're basically taking a, uh, cartoons uh and and connecting them to influencers and then saying okay well in the 20th century when you built a large franchise like um like toy story you'd have to have all this upfront work right and then disney would have to put all the marketing power behind it but now it's like you said it's like uh, about how the network's already there or the influence is already there serena williams uh daughter uh, had this uh doll that she used to play with they, they made it into a cartoon and now they're like, well, people are spending all their attention and time on mobile, Instagram, and Twitter. Why don't we just take this IP and turn it into a Pixar franchise, right? Or the equivalent of. Uh, but I think your idea is similar in the sense that, like, you know, you can start from scratch or what use what's already there, right? In the case of Serena Williams, it's like use the influencer that already exists, already has all the IP mind share and then in your case like why well, don't you just go work buy a board eight go buy one if you're a, a, a musician go start putting in all your music videos you're going to pump up the value of your board ape and you're going to pump up the value for everybody else's board ape everybody else is going to be pumping up their board apes everyone wins right it's just like a perfect alignment 
I'm kind of blown away right now, man. Just like actually listening to you guys. Well, one more, uh, as you were talking, gives me one like stark example you can use to contrast it. It's like your old career relied on you breaking into closed networks. So if you traditionally wanted to break into finance, you try to get a job at Goldman, you'd have to go to a university that Goldman would recruit from. And then Goldman, maybe you move up the ranks in their closed network or you bounce around investment banks and you go into uh, like, you know, venture capital or private equity or wherever from there. But you have to have a name to attach yourself to and you have to go and impress like one or two people to get that job, right? Versus like, hey, there's this crypto protocol that's building in public in discord. And I'm just going to like write a bunch of code for it. I'm going to design an interface for it, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to help simplify the value proposition and send market material out into Twitter that helps people understand it. Then those, like you either buy into that protocol and do it without permission, or, um, you like, that's just something you can do so publicly that they're going to bring you into that network on favorable terms because of what you can do for the network. And that's like, I think I talked about permissionless apprenticeship a while ago, the last couple of years. And even when I wrote about it two years ago, it was still like try and break into a closed network. It's like do this thing, then email this person uh, or like post it to Twitter and then they'll see it, which is, you know, that mechanic still works, but now it's like the friction that has been removed from attaching yourself to something economically is insane. And it's like a small tweak on the surface, but it really changes behavior. And that's why I think you've probably seen this. Maybe you even tweeted about it, Trang. It's like banks and like financial institutions having a really hard time getting talent because they want to work in crypto in some way, shape or form. Because you also have like a thousand rolls of the dice in that world as well. And also just to like add to that, you can be, you can use, you can be pseudonymous. You could be anonymous in these communities. You don't have to, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what currency your native currency is. If you, if you can earn uh, under a pseudonym in Ethereum in as part of a DAO or a community or part of several, then like, great. These, these communities are, are, are perfect. They don't, they don't care if you have a cartoon monkey as your avatar and you're called zero X monk. Like it doesn't matter if you can, if you can do something cool and just say, look, I'm going to, I want to edit your videos, guys. And you've put out good content. Like I'm an editor. Um, I can help edit. And like, it's going to cost like this. And they'd be like, great. Yeah. Carry on. And that's it. I think you're muted. Try. Drunk, you're on mute, mate. God. <laughs> editor, please keep this part in. Hilarious. That was funny. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. I was literally saying hilarious how Tom's just the most British. Carry on. Hey, Craig, just carry on. Oh, you're editing a video? Carry on. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You do some cool stuff, you get paid for it. You monkey man. <laughs> monkey this is, man. Oh, wait. I, I think Nat, Nat uh, Eliason, uh, Twitter, tech Twitter dude, writes a lot about Web3. I, I'm sure you guys know him. He wrote a great one out tweet. He's like, if you, if you want to be working in kind of like Web3 in the future, like get used to being interviewed by like a, like a cartoon monkey. Yeah. Like legitimately, right? Uh, I love it though. I I think um, I think you touched on uh, touched on it, Tom. Is the idea of like, oh, both of Jack and Tom both touched on it, is like the people these giga whales, uh, you know, trickle down. However, whether or not say well, the exact framing trickle down. Usually, you give tax cuts, right? And then there's more money for people. Tom, but same idea, right? It's like who are who have the money in this ecosystem? Who's got the wealth? And then what are they kind of directing it at? Same idea, and. Um, 
It's just, yeah, what do they care about, right? Like Vitalik who literally made uh, 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 Ethereum, like the myth because of World of Warcraft, like as a joke, right? He's like, it took away my warlock's powers. And then I, <laughs> and then I found out about the, the evils of centralized authority, right? Like he says now that he was joking, but like Brazil. it kind of, like there's obviously a modicum of truth. He's like, all right, well, I'm yeah. going to do something where you can't take away the warlock's powers, right? Um, so well, like, what do these people care about? Yeah, exactly. I think, well, Balaji uh, has said something super interesting about Vitalik, which I also I find very interesting. Is uh, I mean, in, in, in history, we're going to look back and he's going to be like the Alexander Hamilton of our time, right? Like created basically a whole new financial system from scratch and wrote about it. And obviously, uh, Alexander Hamilton is very famous for writing the Federalist Papers and, uh, and kind of laying the structure for uh, the U.S. economy. But, you know, Vitalik's doing that right now for the internet economy. And it's just wild to think that this guy blogs twice a week and you get access to the Alexander Hamilton of our time. And he's just writing everything. And it's just all there. Right. And uh, you get to see what he cares about, what he thinks about. And there's this huge gaming influence. Uh, Bilal, did you have a thought on that? No, no, no. This is really interesting. I think, yeah, I think Tom, like what I like about your community and I, I've been in the discord is like people in there. There's like a lot of really interesting people, first of all. And I think just because of your background, the fact that you've been kind of working like, on the internet for a while, people know you for all the stuff you did previously as well. But then it's cool to see how you've like shifted as your interests have evolved. And it, I mean, I think all of us have done this in our own ways as well. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I'm just really happy to hear that it's, it's working out, man. And like you're actually building something really valuable and fun. I mean, I think when us three started this podcast, it was a similar vibe. We were just like, look, we all like the actionable stuff, even if, you know, Trung uh, makes fun of it. Like, but we don't want to like, that's not the like, we don't want that to be front and center, right? Like it can be useful. But like we we all just care about having fun ultimately, and if you work with people, you and it feels like you're hanging out and you're just having fun, yeah, you're gonna do some work along the way and make some money too. But really, it's like what are we spending all day doing? Like let's make sure it's fun. So it's it's cool to see that you've built that man. So be exciting to see where uh, the the club is in a few years. Well, actually, let me, uh, Tom. How much has because uh, previously you were at MakerPad. Uh, can you talk about your experience there and how that's that's kind of informed what you've done moving forward and then the differences you're seeing and not necessarily what you're trying to make better, but what are you trying to do different? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so MakePad, so obviously, uh, we taught people how to build and operate businesses without writing code. So this is about the like, no-code trend. Kudos to Ben Tossel, who saw it from his time at Product Hunt, saw the trend of these no-code um, application building products getting posted on Product Hunt, and then... Spanoff created MakePad, which was a combination of like a directory resource site where you could list all of the like just particular no-code tools, how to build mobile apps, web apps, automations. He was epic at connecting these things together and doing like how to build Airbnb without code. And I think there was a few of them which popped off and everyone just wanted to copy because it was so such a paradigm shift of saying, okay, before you had to hire five coders and have 150 grand to build a marketplace. Now you can do it yourself in four hours. I was like, huh, okay. So everyone was coming to learn that. Uh, I joined as employee number one uh, a few months in and well, it's on education. So I did like a bunch of tutorials, built like hundreds of apps, showing people how to do stuff, did like live sessions, workshops, boot camps, And then alongside I had the community. So worked in 
in the community doing like community events or just like posting useful and interesting insights into circle about what people might be interested in. So kind of like sharpen the sword of community building at Makepad. And then as my interest changed from just from no code and then all this like web three stuff started going wild and then NFTs came, I just, I can't like ignore, ignore all this stuff, but took what, um, what I learned in Makepad and rolled it into um, into Shiny. And actually two months, well, was, chats were obviously going on while I was still there, but Makepad got bought by by Zapier for a nice acquisition. So kudos to them. Um, and yeah, it's, it's absolutely flying. It's a, it's a great place to actually learn how to build stuff. Again, like gives people control back over what they're doing. So rather than having to shell out and use other people, you can just do stuff yourself. So yeah, love it. Um, but yeah, important lessons from, from Makepad into Shiny is like community, community is everything. If you, if you have an engaged community, you can, you can do anything. You can launch products, you can start businesses, you can, you can raise funds, you can like have fun. You can like just like hang out or whatever it is you're looking for. You can do with like an engaged community of like-minded people. Whereas is is completely inverted from before you'd have a business like Makepad was like business first, community second. But now I think the way to go is a lot about what Greg Eisenberg talks about this all the time is have a community first and then launch products. So we have a community now of 390 people of like VCs, entrepreneurs, developers, Solidity devs, automation folks, branding people, marketers. Like now, if you wanted to spit out a studio or a product, I know like the 30 people you can just pull together who are invested in the community to spin out our product and we could fund it and yeah, just do that, rinse and repeat, have fun doing it. And you're not, and everyone's engaged because they're there for fun in the first place. Whereas if you are a company or a product trying to do community, it's like, why aren't my community engaged? It's like, well, they're not actually like that interested in you as a, as like a business, like you're not that fun. Like, let's be honest, like, you don't, you shouldn't really have a community. You have customers, you have a community. Whereas if you do community first, products, businesses, interests, or whatever it is, second, then it just rips it up. So the, uh, I mean, you mentioned at the very beginning, The Rock obviously plays this big marketing and branding element, right? Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge, man. It's absolutely huge, right? It's like, it, it really, uh, it really ties you in with the whole NFT Web3 movement. Like, it's like, yo, this is the guy. It's like, yo, yeah. and shiny object. It's called shiny object, Dude, man. how shiny is that rock? <laughs> yeah, he showed the shiniest object possible. That's hysterical, secure the, man. Secure oh. the shiny object. Oh, my goodness. Blood, do we have any other overarching topics? I think that's that, uh, it. I think to- that's it, man. I think we could probably wrap it. But I don't know, Tom, if there's anything else, man, this has been sick just to get the inside scoop. But yeah, honestly, this has been even, amazing to hear, man. Even beyond amazing. the story, it's just like you're so on the edge. Like we always have the segment about edge of the internet and you're way down that rabbit hole. So we need to do this more often, man. Yeah, man. When I, no, a, I think like a final like parting comment, like what you guys are doing is like equally is on the edge because like me and Jack talk about all the time is you've got to cut through the noise. If you're just producing like a cookie cutter version of anything these days, everything's so busy, you've just got no chance. So either either you're just like hanging out, talking shit on a podcast and calling it <laughs> not investment advice with like MS Paint, they use your logo, like fuck, like obviously, obviously that's cool as shit. Whereas 
if you're just doing like the official sounding like standard website investment advice investment yeah yeah, (laughs) real investment advice fuck those guys if you're cnbc and you're launching the investment advice podcast not gonna make it you're not gonna make it my friend I had this uh, thought when you were talking earlier, uh, Tom, and it's basically, I think maybe a good wrap up is like the inversion of everything. It's like distraction is the new focus, like play is the new work. Like all of this stuff that is like been taught to you in a industrialized classroom is just gonna completely destroy your chances at doing anything interesting or fun. Outside of like legitimate work, I know we have, doctors and you know lawyers and people that make society function but like middle managers working in marketing agencies and stuff like that it's like i would wish that upon nobody and this stuff gives you a way out to be quite honest that's what makes it so exciting to me oh yeah i think i think that's an amazing uh, well let's give the final word to tom here uh final words uh million dollar man how are you feeling feeling great and don't take my investment advice it's not investment (laughs) advice all right that's fantastic man that's definitely a good way to end it yeah nice one tom this is sick mate we'll definitely got to link up uh because i'm in the uk and we're gonna try to link up if we can so if not this one i'll see see you on the next one all right boys this was fun and if you made it all the way here thanks for bearing with us uh the internet was a little choppy at times but we're still gonna put it out so uh Uh, Thanks for being with us. As always, it's not investment advice and we'll see you next week.